Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome to Club at 22 and to a new pod here that we have very originally called Club Q&A. Um, no football this weekend, we decided that instead of starting one of the many series and shows that we've got planned um, for stuff like 55, Player of the Year, etc., we would just get together and some, answer some listener questions and just chat about anything else that really pops up. Um, I am your host, Scott Carney. Uh, joining me is Ali Pearson and Scott Gemmell. Um, I'll come to them in just a second, but this is our second take of doing this. We recorded earlier on. Um, the, the recording did not go very well, so we've decided to redo it again. Yeah, I thank the gentleman for doing that. But as we were doing the first recording, the news broke from the club, obviously, that Walter Smith was recovering in hospital from an operation. Um, so it's only right that we um, pass on our best. Um, so obviously, from me, the two boys, obviously, we we pass on the best to uh, Sir Walter and his family, and we hope that he makes a, a speedy recovery. Um, it wouldn't be right for us not to mention it, um, considering when this podcast is now going to come out. So, Ali, come to you. We've just got to hope he pulls through. Yeah, yeah, no, hope, hopefully it's just a kind of minor operation he's in hospital for and hopefully he gets back out and he's, yeah, back to Ethel and he's safe and sound, yeah, I mean, me and Scotia touched on it in the, the first pod that gets, <laughs> get wiped, uh, <laughs> we were fortunate enough to meet Walter and quite a, it's quite an intimate night to be honest, it was, it was, it was for our friend Matt who was the pro golfer down at Helensburg and, and Walter came as a guest speaker for him. Matt um, taught Walter um, golf lessons as well, so we got to meet him. We got to spend time with him at the bar and stuff. I speak to him. He's, and he just spoke to you like a like a normal person, to be honest. I mean, that's what he is. But obviously, yeah, a wee bit in awe of him. And um, the st- I always remember talking to him at the bar, and we were playing some third division mob the next day. And 
I said to Walter, I says, well, if I'm away up tomorrow to Ibrox with my dad to watch the game, and he was like, what are you going to watch that shit for? <laughs> that was quite funny. <laughs> but he liked giving it tight to McCoy's. But that no, was a good wee night, and you were there as well, Scotia. Yeah, no, I, excuse me, yeah, no, it was a lovely night. That um, There's a wee story that I'll tell later on, because I think one of the questions kind of relates or feeds in quite nicely to it. Um, but it was a pleasure to meet him. And um, obviously, guy, where, where we are down in Helensborough, You've got folk like that that you you meet all the time and you see Walter about and uh, he's such such a great man. Um, what he done for Rangers coming back and saving us pretty much when Le Guin buggered it up. He done it for Scotland as well just previous to that. Um, so I've got nothing but admiration for him and he gave us nine in a row. Yeah, all I say and all we can do is just hope he makes us speak to the recovery. There's not really much else we can say. Yeah, he's an absolute legend to all three of us. Um, I grew up watching him. He was my second dad. I've said that before on the pod. Um, so we've got all our best to him. Um, just respect his family as we as we can just now and just hope um, that we get some good news. But um, everybody out here at Club at 22 passes on their best. So, gentlemen, we'll, we'll try and kind of... Raise the spirit um, from that, obviously. Um, it's pretty pretty horrific news, but we'll just try no really easy way to tra- transition from it, really. But we've basically just decided to do this because obviously we have got shows planned for 55 different series as we're going to start. But instead of trying to rush it through um, just to get something out for 55, we decided to open this up to our our, our nice listeners um, on Facebook and they have responded. Um, so we'll just answer some of their questions and we will just take... See where it goes, basically. See where it goes. Sit back and relax and enjoy it. Um, so we'll start off with our first question. That's from David Bradford. Um, he asked us, select the best starting 11 from the 9 in a row area and this current crop of players. Um, so to make this fair, I am basing it on players that I've seen in the flesh because there is one name in particular that will be left out of this will probably be a wee bit controversial and that's obviously David Cooper but I did not see David Cooper playing football so I can't well I didn't see him playing for Rangers um, I, I did see bits of him after that obviously I've seen multiple tapes of him but I've never ever seen him in the flesh so that's why he's not in this team but we'll stop at the keeper um, because it was a conversation I think we should have anyway um, Based on Alan McGregor's spectacular save uh, against Slavia Prague on Thursday night, the the question has come up again within social media, within Rangers pages, Rangers fans, Gorham or McGregor. Um, Now, there is no doubt for me that McGregor is now the second best keeper (laughs) Rangers have ever had, and that's because Gorham is always going to be my first. I can understand the argument um, with McGregor. Um, I, I really do. But the goalie was the goalie for me when I was growing up, and he always will be. Uh, it's hard to replace somebody like that. I remember my dad calling him the goalie. I remember seeing things that Gorham had done. He broke the Tim's hearts, I don't know how many times. Um, but I will say McGregor is he's pushing his way into the conversation now to be probably our best ever. Ali? Yeah, I mean, that's... That just touching on that save last night I've watched it back like probably you guys did umpteen times the balls many actually, times mate. many many times yeah, the, 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 <laughs> the, the ball's actually slightly behind him when he saves it and he kind of saves it I think somebody's done a, a sort of they, they pause the frame and it's a sort of pinky that saves it but it's the way he sort of brings it back and holds it it was 
Oh, it was outstanding, and I mean, you can have a debate another day. Is, is it better than the the Werder Bremen save that we've seen going to to Manchester? And it happened at the same round as well, which is another one you can look at now. So hopefully that's a good omen. But no, I mean, we've had a brief discussion in Gorman and uh, Shaga before, and we all said Gorman at the time, but we said Shaga was not far behind. But he's pulled a few world-class saves off this season since we last chatted, and he's getting extremely close to Gorham, to be honest. Very different keepers, different eras. Shaggers playing with his feet more often coming out. We play coming out from the back. Andy Gorham wouldn't do that. Andy Gorham wouldn't even take goal kicks because of his knees were that buggered, to be honest. So, for me, it broke Tim's heart so many times, Gorham. I would have Gorham just ahead of him. Scotia. I wouldn't even excuse me. I wouldn't even say just ahead. I think Gorham's still in front by a long way. But I come to this that I'm looking at it as how in love I was with Andy Gorham at that point. I was a young boy, the point when I seen Gorham play, so you just fall in love with a player like that. Um Alan McGregor's what, four or five years older than me. And as you grow up you can you fall can you have an idol like that when you're that bit older you can but Gorham still uh, he just he takes that place in like my heart and my memories of watching Rangers as a young boy that Shagger whatever Shagger could do phenomenal things for the next two seasons three seasons if he wants to play because I think he's got it in him to play for the next two or three seasons to be honest with saves that he was making last night that was unbelievable I think that's Probably the second best save I've ever seen a Rangers goalkeeper make. I'm putting Gorham's save against Hoydonk in front of that. But oh, he's he's lovely. It's oh, <laughs> I, I, I love I love I love them both. But for me, it's probably just because I'm that bit older that Gorham just kind of captures my heart. And you, and Scotia, you've had a few babies with the goalie as well, so. I have indeed. I used to what did he call me? Well, no, he used to call me what Dado, and then he used to call you Big Dodo. Dodo, yeah. <laughs> it was your in fact, he ball. said, "Never that time we were in the pub," and he said to his pals, "He was like, oh, Dado puzzles here, never." And you had to play along with it. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Ali's obviously referencing we we um, we were drinking in the quayside for a bit before games, and the goal started drinking in there. And we kind of got talking to him. Um, goalie, the goalie was a bit of a regular in there um, for a wee while, and obviously every kind of game we went in, he was there. Um, what did he call me? Uh, the guy Bluto. 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 Because I had a, I was fat and I still am, but I've got a grey, grey and beard anyway. Um, so he used to call me Bluto. But yeah, I mean, maybe that's why we're a wee bit more romantic to him as well. I suppose is the fact that we've had kind of direct contact with him. Um, I did beat him at pool. Um, you've witnessed I've got, it. I've got evidence on my phone yeah. of yes. that. Yeah. One of the most surreal moments of my entire life. I just remember at one point he got down to play a shot, and I'm going, I'm playing Andy Gorham at pool in the Keyside Bar on Paisley Road West. I mean, what is going on here? But I I was doing, 
Carney, he was doing a speaker's night that night, and you actually kept him back from that speaker's <laughs> night. So, because <laughs> I meant, mean, that boy turned up in the suit as well, yeah. and he was like, Andy, yeah. we need to go. And he's like, I'm playing pool. He's like, I'm, I'll, I'll finish my game, and then we can go. <laughs> well, Andy, Andy, do you want another gin? You can just stay yeah, in I know. Right. To be fair, he'd had a few by that point, right. but um, I think we all had. Uh, but why, well, yeah, it's a, a surreal moment. But yeah, I think Andy Gorham's always going to be held in really, really high regard for me. And no matter how much I love Alan McGregor, and I do love Alan McGregor, and even his interview after it, I just dived down to my left and I, I saved it. And uh, happy days. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> it's one of the saves of the fucking century, man. Like, uh, yeah. So. The thing is, you want to say it's humble, but it's not humble. It's just Alan McGregor being he's Alan so, McGregor. He's, he's like, so dry. that's what he expects, dry, yeah. expects himself to do that. It's like, no, that's no. I do that two or three times a week. <laughs> Kind of thing. Yeah. I do wonder if he's as dry as that in real life. Like, do you think he is? Do you think in the dressing room and that he's like dry like that with the, some of the younger mob? Maybe it's only people like Davo and stuff like that that kind of get to see him the, the proper way he is. But what do you think? Do you think he's like that? I, I think, he, I, I think, yeah, I think he has got that kind of dry type of personality. But I, I'd still imagine he's a bit of a bit of a lad, to be honest. I know he's married now, McGregor, but. Yeah, I still think he's got that side to him. The video, did you see, the video of him trying to lift his head in the back of the car <laughs> to the training ground. Uh, that one was good, but did you see the, the wee picture that came out with, um, after the game on Thursday night, and Zunga just looks terrified of him. <laughs> and the Gregor's just going like, there, I no bother, just fist bumping people, and Zunga's face is like, oh no, oh no. Zunga should be terrified of him, to be completely honest. Um, I, I wouldn't. I like to have, have broke the COVID rules and put everything in the jeopardy and go in to face Alan McGregor. I tell you that. Well, quickly, just about. I know we're obviously David's, but not on David's question here. We're just talking about Gordon and McGregor. But see, the, the amount of things I've watched that replay. I think Ryan Kent and Nathan Parson from different angles that I've seen both think that they've just scored. And then obviously McGregor saves it because see if you look at Kent, Kent kind of drops his shoulders and his body language as if they've just scored. And Nathan Patterson kind of goes to like turn away as well. And they've obviously looked back and went, my God, he saved that. The, the save will be, I think it will it'll go down in history, that one probably. Well, hopefully because we need to do it justice on Thursday. Um, Al McGregor's done his part now for us, so we need to go on to Thursday and um, do our bit for him, I think. Uh, but yeah, but in terms of this 11, I'm going with Gorham. Ali, you going with Gorham? Yeah. Scott, Gorham? Yeah, Gorham. Yeah, that's right. Right, we'll do we'll do the back line first, okay? So I've went with this year's uh, Tav. I've went with this year's Tav. Centre-back pairing of, oh, 4-4-2, by the way, um, Richard Goff and Staunch Bomber Brown and David Robertson. Ali? And by the way, it was very close with Bomber and Goldson. Very, very close. Yeah, well, my, my, my whole team, I've tried to combine a bit of both nine in a row and the current team rather than pick what I think, if you know what I mean, because a lot of that nine in a row team would probably dominate that. So I've went... <laughs> I've went with Tav at right back. I've gone with Goff, Goldson beside him as a ball playing centre back beside him. And I've went David Robertson the left because I think Robertson, he would suit our team now in terms of the way he he was a modern day fullback ahead of his ahead of his um, era. As Scotia would probably say with him, he bummed up and down that wing and he would he would fit into 
fit into our team now, so that's my back four. Yeah, you're probably spot on about Robertson there, to be fair, mate. I think he's he was definitely ahead of his time. Scotia, you're back four. Yeah, I kind of get confused with this question, and I've just picked <laughs> my favourite team. <laughs> and it's, it's basically a nine in a row team, yeah. So <laughs> Even though this is part two of recording, you've had yeah, I've actually noted down like what I would say our first 11, 12 players would be this season. And I'm going like, no, no, no. So it's all, it's Robertson at left back. It's Goff and Butcher in the middle of defence. I mean, Butcher was only there, what, two seasons? Three se- Two seasons, I Two seasons he was there. Um, he left in a wee bit of cloud, actually, as well, didn't he? Um, but, yeah, he was, I mean, he was the England captain. The England captain was playing for Rangers. And it was phenomenal. And the England goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, well, That's pretty much all of them. Yeah, quite a lot of English players. Obviously, England or English teams at that point couldn't play in Europe. So who's your right back, Scotia? That's what everyone's waiting on. Who's the right back? Quick profit, no, Gary Stevenson. Cut yeah. fucking Broadfoot. I would have hung up on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was in a nine-year-old team. No, I know, I know. No. <laughs> Gary Stevens, Gary Stevens at right back for me. That's fair enough. And then it was what Goff. Golf and Butcher in the middle, yeah. Br- oh, Bomber, no. Bomber Brown, would have, yeah. it was a very, very close, close pick. Craig Moore. Craig Moore. I know. I thought about, I thought about, I thought about Skip. As no, because well. do any of you remember this? No, what I was going to say. Do you remember like, when you had Champman One or Champman Two? Craig Moore was in the Rangers team, but he was in the Rangers team as a striker. I'm convinced he was in the Rangers team as a striker because he'd obviously. I, I know he played under Walter because he came back three times, I think, the Rangers. He came back twice under Walter um, and he played it right back, I think, a few times. I think he played in the midfield too. He didn't really go into centre-back when he was under later in his his third period with Rangers, I think. It was Advocate that started playing him and that, him and Ammo. Skip's a good shout, to be honest. Um, he was solid as well, Craig Millman, and he's a great lad. We've met him yeah. one of the heart and hand nights. He's a fucking cracking lad, really good guy. Um, but just for staunch points, I'd just put Bomber Brown in there, um, I think. <laughs> right, anyway, midfields. Um, so I say 4 4 2, so my right mid is Brian Loudrup because Brian Loudrup is God. Centre mid, I've tried to do with you, with you, Ali. I'm trying to get some of today's team into this and I've put Davis in there um, and that's for his achievements obviously this year uh, or since he's come back to the club really and also his achievements his first spell I know it wasn't part of nine in a row and whatever but Davis has been a massive player for Rangers the other centre I struggled really as well not to just try and pick the the obvious ones but it has to be Paul Gascoigne Paul I've, I've, I've seen very little players that could just take a game and completely change it when he decided that he wanted to play football. Paul Gascoigne is, has to be in there, and my left mid is uh, George Alberts. So, Ali? I've got three three out of your four. So, yeah, I've got Loudrop on the right, which I'd be very surprised if Scotia didn't go with that either. I've got Gascoigne in the middle too. Again, I don't think you can leave him out. I've got Davis in there. There's other guys, Durant, McCall, you go through quite a lot, to be honest, but I've got Davis there. And on the left side, I've put, I mean, I love big, big Alberts, but I've put Ryan Kent in there. That's just to kind of balance it a wee bit. So, Ryan Kent, that's my midfield four. Yeah, Scotia? 
Yeah, I've changed mine slightly since we last spoke because I looked at it and I realised that the team, the team, the four players that I had in there, uh, there was no no balance in the left hand side, and I forgot, I f- honestly forgot all about Big Albertson. I mean, I've got his photo up behind me. Um, so Albertson's playing in the left hand side, Lowe's up and right, and it's Gaza and Stuart McCall. I think Stuart McCall was an absolutely wonderful player for us, and. I really love him as well because of that wee that wee car episode they had where he falls off it when Bradford won. <laughs> when <laughs> you get you into a car, Scotia, I can't see if you can replicate that. Is that not a Cook song? <laughs> I think there's a Cook song that we're bouncing on cars tonight or something like that. Oh, down to Stuart McCall. I think putting Stuart McCall in there when you beat Gaza in the midfield makes a hundred percent sense, mate. Really, because well, McCall's, I'm playing a diamond. Oh, you I'm, I'm going diamond. for a diamond. So McCall can sit there as like as your like sorry as Davis does these yeah. days, to be honest. And then you've got Aldrup right. and Alberts, and then Gaza can play in up that top top part. It was the the one player that I had to take out was Durant. Yeah. But I realised I realised that I didn't have anyone in that left hand side to play there, and it was very difficult to take Durant out, to be honest, because I mean Ian Durant was world class before he got injured I think he would have been away from Rangers mm-hmm. if he didn't get injured and you know he would have done massive things I think yeah. on the continent or down south I mean there's there is there's a number of players you leave out of teams like this though when you try to pick them you'd get like Guy Ian Ferguson as well Guy was there for the whole nine in a row do you know what I mean like it's but it is so difficult. It really is. It's really, really difficult. And it's hard for us not to just sit here and romanticise about the nine-in-a-row team because we grew up. We were lucky enough to grow up. We were all relatively similar age. There's only three years between the three of us. So we all grew up watching nine-in-a-row. So it's hard um, It's hard not to be romantic about them. And I suppose that's probably going to come to fruition here when we discuss our front two because it's Alan McCoy and Mark Cately, gentlemen. <laughs> Yeah, yes. I'm the same. I'm the same. I'd be a full house. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a full house. <laughs> so, but again, no, I will have a special mention for um, we Alfredo because I generally love Alfie. Um, he's the first Rangers forward since Jelovic that I've properly loved. Uh, I love everything about him. I love the. And obviously, I know he's not always firing and um, firing and full cylinders. But if he was, he wouldn't be here. So, um, I love the controversy around him. I love the media hype that he has and the constant sickening of the media that he likes to do so it was it was a, a wee bit of a a wee bit of a discussion I had with myself between Haitley and, and Morelos but it has to be Mark Haitley and Alan McCoy it's the best strike partnership I've, I've seen at Rangers he's in agreement with that? Yeah definitely I mean I'd, obviously we're looking at 4-4-2 here I don't know when Rangers would go to a Four four two again, or you could even see a three five two is probably the more obvious one they would probably go to. But in terms of getting two a partnership striker like those two, I think we'll be very hard pushed to to see a better two than that. Yeah, Scott. Yeah, no, I mean it's what big man, wee man, Kenny. I was in um, Milan a couple of years ago and. Was going through their stadium doing this sort oh of San Siro tour and stuff like that. Oh God, we're going down the fucking Italy road. We're going down the Italy road. I was doing no, I was doing that, and it said like there was obviously he what Haley was at Milan, 
and there was stuff about it, and it was all about, oh, then he goes to Rangers, and yeah, I, I mean, I love Mark Cayley, he's absolutely fantastic striker, but Coisty is, Coisty is Coisty, really, I don't think you can, I, I don't think I can say much more, everyone knows when you say the name McCoist, you're like, yeah, yes. Yeah, I've 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 been to a few away games where a boy used to work with, and we Calum, and if you're listening, Calum, how you doing? Uh, and I used to have conversations with him about uh, like Rangers teams and stuff, and like I would be sitting just talking about like McCoist and Loudrop and Gaza and stuff, just like willy nilly, not really thinking about it. He's like, ah, oh, just at one point he just went, ah, oh, never seen Loudrop. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just presume everybody's seen Loudrop. I'm like, what? You've not seen Loudrop? I've not seen Gaza. I'm like, you've not seen Gaza? I'm like, oh my God. And uh, yeah, I mean, things like that are just boggling. But again, I'm, the, I'm of the generation that didn't see Cooper as well. Do you know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure if my dad was to pick a best 11, I'm pretty sure Cooper would be in it. Um, so I should get my dad to do that one time. That'd be quite interesting. Anyway. Let's not fucking bog down on that. So David then asked us to compare um, today's team against a, a nine-in-a-row best, if you like, that David's picked a team from the 90s. Um, so David picked Gorham, Stevens, Goff, Brown, Robertson, Loudrop, Gascoigne, McCall, Alberts, McCoyst and Haley. Now, this is obviously not the t- team 11 we've just picked. It's the team that obviously have 155 that we need to compare it against now. This is a really difficult thing to do because the style of football was completely different, obviously. And the fitness regimes and everything about it is different. One start off, it would be a hell of a game to watch because you've got old school versus very much new school, especially with the, the, the kind of Gerard effect, if you like. But I am probably edging the 55 team. Yeah, I'm the same. It's Like you say, it's, it's, it's extremely hard to to put the two of them together because they're completely different eras in terms of what that team was. I would say our team at the moment is a more footballing team, if you get what I mean. If I had, if they had a shootout right now, the two of them, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think Gerard's team would, would beat that team. That's going to be quite controversial for a lot of people think, oh no, you can't say that a nine row team, but I'm just going on, we're a different team to that team, and I just think they would outplay them, possibly. I don't know what the word is for it, but yeah, if I had to put my heart on it, the 55 team, I think, would possibly beat that team. Oh, I know. It's a, it's a tough one to do, because you, you look at Loudrop, Haley, McCoyst, Gascoigne, and their pomp, do you know what I mean? Flying at their absolute best. I mean, they are world-class players, but oh, I don't know. It's hard. I, I, can I can I pick a draw? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably can, Carney. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one though because you know the nine in a row team. It's nine seasons. Yeah. It's not as if like I'm looking at the team that I've picked, and I think they did all play with each other. Gary Stevens did definitely didn't play with Loudrop. I'm, I'm certain of that. So. He couldn't mean that team, so it's difficult. But I think everyone else did. But then Haley played with Loudrop and Gaza when Haley came back. You know that be interview when he's in his tartan coming yeah. <laughs> out of Glasgow Airport. So you're picking over that period, and you know there was 
some dross. I mean, you, you forget, like, eight in a row and nine in a row seasons, we were absolutely fantastic. But six and seven in a row, we were we were garbage. <laughs> we were, like, struggling. Yeah. But we, we the only reason that we, we won was because everyone else was just as bad. You know, we were just slightly better than the other dross. So it's difficult. And I, th- I think this team, this Gerrard team, would beat the team of the 90s. It's This team, I think, I've said it, coming to me in five, ten years' time, this is going to be a special team, I think. And I I mean, I hope we're on course to do something really, really special this year. Not counting the 55. I've got ambitions of more shiny things getting made in my face. That's only because you booked a hotel in Gdansk, you moron. <laughs> oh, cancelled it, mate, cancelled it. <laughs> but I think, as well, I think, obviously I've mentioned we're, we are of similar age, right? So the nine-in-a-row team means so much to us. The nine-in-a-row era means so much to, to us um, and what we grew up watching. Um, it might take a bit of time, I think, for this team to be remembered as fondly as the way we remember nine in a row but we've all said it on previous pods this is the most important the 55 is the most important title in our lifetime and we've all agreed on it doesn't matter about eight nine in a row it really it really doesn't make a difference so it's it's difficult because you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because i love so so much of this team right now but i love so much of that era back then it gave me my childhood it really did give me my childhood and it gave me the love that i have for my club so yeah it's a difficult one but yes it's a tough tough question i'll probably stick my draw fuck it <laughs> sorry it's, david it's, it's that no it's kind of it's, it's that thing it's like the young the youngster in you, going back to that team, and that's when you fell in love with Rangers. Yeah, yeah, probably club, is, so yeah. That's always going to stick with us, like, because there'll be guys that'll be 20, 25, that'll go like, no, him, and their opinion is not wrong in any way, but it's just because of that emotional attachment you get to them, and that's when you fall in love with the football club. Yeah, definitely. I think if you were to ask maybe, say, a 15, 16-year-old now, about the, two, the kind of two teams they'd pick every player in that 55 team I don't think there's any really doubt about that and I suppose it's that's that's the way the world works and that's that's the, the way the kind of cycles of players happen but yeah I mean it would be a, such a good game to watch but anyway we, we'll move on or else we'll, we'll spend all day on this but David thank you very much for, for giving us your question mate really appreciate it move on to another David now so David Mack um, from the Scalmley and Weems Bay Rangers Supporters Club what style of shirt would you like to see the champions wear next season and what has been your favourite shirt in your lifetime? So I'll start with this. Uh, I think it's going to be a very classic top. I see it being um, obviously the kind of retro top that Cash Laura brought out this year and I just hope that the sponsors stay out of it and it doesn't end up like that. You know that one with the crest on it with the wee tiny tenant yeah. sitting underneath it? I hope it's not I hope it's not like a wee tiny thirty two red underneath it. I, I think that's Yeah, I hope I fucking hated that top. It gives me the fear every time I see it. Um I never bought that top actually, that's one of the only tops I never bought. But I think it has to be something quite special. I don't know whether they're going to go down the route of having the kind of first ever badge that Rangers ha- had. I know there's a talk about having the kind of the Gallant Pioneers kind of badge on it. But apparently that was never actually on a Rangers top before. It was only for one game or something. There's definitely no, something behind that. 
Was it a Scotland top? There's definitely something about that. Yeah, there's definitely something about that. That's that's um, that's a wee bit controversial anyway. But I think it's going to kind of go down that kind of route of being classic. I say it might have a classic badge on it or something, but I expect it to be something quite special. I hope Castor do it proud, to be honest. And in terms of my favourite top, it's the Gaza eight in a row top. Um, it's never not going to be that. The Adidas round the neck and the three stripes round the arm. Um, it'll be that top forever um, for me. It's my fondest memory. I was there when uh, Gaza beat Aberdeen on his own. Um, I, I was there at Ibrooks that day. So, yeah, it's forever will be that top. Ali? Yeah, in, in, in terms of the top for next season, with the 150 years coming up, obviously we're league champions going into that season too. Edmondson House coming along to a pass it the other day. I think we're looking at starting to build that now. Um, so, I haven't just taken along. I, I, I'm very similar to yourself. I think it'll be along that retro type top going back to previous years maybe incorporating other strips into or they might have a pole I don't know what they would I'd imagine they've got it picked now surely it's picked now going into next season so I don't know whether I honestly thought they might have run a pole in Rangers fans and all the tops of when what was their favourite one and try to judge it that way but I'd imagine by now it's picked so yeah, I think it'll go along those lines. In terms of my favourite top, I would yeah, I'd be the same as you. I'd be the the Gascoigne one, as you would say, with the with the bleach blonde hair. That's that's the top I would go for. I mean, in terms of other kind of bad strips, you mean remember the one was it League One we were in? I think it was, and you had. The black form, was it the black form? Yeah. And the big shorts. <laughs> fucking hated that top, man. Honestly, <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> fucking stand that. Oh, horrific. Horrific. Oh, and you just look at the players that are in that as well. Like, it was <laughs> Nicky Law, Nicky Clark. Oh, Ian fucking Black. Ian Black, yeah. Oh, oh, I hate that top. Was it Cabrari? Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah, I think that'll shivers down your spine. Oh, terrific. So, Ice, Scotia, yeah, yeah. What do you think about what we're going to do for the top next season and your favourite of all time? Yeah, I'd, I'd like it to be quite nothing about it, just blue, pretty much, and the badge. That's what I want. You know, there's obviously it's 150 years, and I think a lot of people have been in conversations of. We want something simple. We want something like 1972 Kenny Top. That might come. Obviously, they've done it with the the retro top that they sold this year, Castor. I bought it. I wore it. I may get beat. <laughs> I wore it a few times before, but I've never wore it watching a game again. And it, sometimes I put it on and then go, oh, wait a minute. No, can't wear that. Because, <laughs> bad it's not going to change anything, but you always get that wee kind of superstitious at the moment. Yeah. Um, as we're talking about my favourite top is as you say the Gaza one the three stripes but I was I pulled it up here I'm like looking through the historical Rangers tops I'm just sitting flicking through my phone I was we wore that for two two seasons 94 yeah. and 96 and the one before that was absolutely brilliant as well because I had the you know the like the big three block stripe yeah, things the Battle of Britain, Battle of Britain, yeah, top, uh, yeah. I had I had that big jacket that you got, and that was lovely. But the, and then the Admiral top that we had in the late eighties or sort of mid to late eighties was really nice. 
terrible tops. Do you mind the top, the Diodora top? That has oh, all, yeah, all the wee shiny things on it. That was like paper things. That me, that a short, short Avalanche. That top reminds me of oh, a Ronald Deboer. I hate that as well, so man. That's what I'm, I'm looking through it and like, aye, the one with the wee daft tenants thing was horrible. But the, that Diodora top was honking. You know our top I really like as well, actually. See the one, the black one that we won the league in 2011? The tennis, uh, the tennis yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. I really like that. I really like a black top. For some reason, I just it looks smart, I think, a black top. just It's one of these tops that you could wear out and folk wouldn't look at you going like, oh, you're wearing a football top. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Castor have, um, they've landed an absolute gem here, to be honest, because they couldn't have asked for anything better. The first season they take over our our, spot, our shirts, even. Um, no matter how controversial they have been, because they have been, um, my home top's beginning to fall apart. I've only wore it a handful of times. Ali, your orange training top, that's falling apart. Scotia, your uh, jacket that you have, the champion's jacket. The anthem, that's falling, the anthem one, yeah. Uh, the, anthem, the anthem one, sorry. Yeah, that's falling apart. But, I mean, now they've now got the, the task ahead of them of selling a a 55 top on our 150th year anniversary. I mean, they are going to make an absolute fortune out of this if they get it right. I think, honestly, I think, see how on the retro top, how the cast doors kind of blew? Like, it, it's still on it. Like, it's, I'm sure it's got, has it not got a wee cast door badge on it that's like blue? It does, out? yeah, but it's, it's like, in, I think it's embroidered in embroidered. the shirt as well. Yeah, so, so I it's think like, it's it could... the same thread as well. It's not like white thread, it's aye. I, know, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think it could be the whole top will look like that. It'll just be blue. There might be white piping or something around the arms, around the neck, but everything else will just be that kind of same colour of blue. You'll still be able to see it, obviously, because the sponsors are obviously going to have their say, but I think it might just be that kind of all blue. Um, but see, no matter what they do, see if they get it right, honestly, the cast on are sorted. And so is the club. Honestly, they are going to make an absolute fortune out of this. So, yeah, it's a shame that we're all kind of rather the same age, though, we've all agreed on the same favourite top. But, yeah, it has to be that top for me. It gives me my, my biggest memories. So, cheers, Davey Mack. Thanks for getting involved, mate. Uh, we'll move on to the next question. So, it's for John Harvey, uh, my old buddy. You know, my, uh, the first season ticket I ever had, I used to sit with John down at Copeland, Copeland Front. Um, great times, man. Absolutely brilliant times. Um, fucking takes me back thinking about that we used to, I messaged John not long ago we were talking about a guy who used to sit next to us and he was a a gentleman of a larger size we'll say um, and he was very fond of eating pies but he used to always shout when he had pie in his mouth oh. and you would just end up oh honestly you would just end up covered in pie you're like mate you're too young to say anything but at that age you're like mate come on but I mean, yeah, some some absolutely fantastic um, times down there with John. So, uh, cheers, John. Thanks for getting involved. Um, he said, or the question he's asking even is, at what stage in the season did you realise or felt confident that the league flag was coming home and why? Ali, do you want to take that first? Yeah, the, there's been um, moments throughout the season that I would say have been major, major hurdles Rangers have got over, I would say. I thought the first hurdle we got through was 1-0 at Rugby Park. I think Tav scored, I think it was a penalty scored down there. But that was a bogey ground for us the previous two years. So to get out of Rugby Park with a 1-0-1, I thought, oh, this Rangers team have got something about them this year. The next one, we watched it together at Mine Carney, was uh, 
the Motherwell game at Ibrooks on the back of that 3-2 defeat for St Mirren in the League Cup where we were one one each with 10 minutes to go. We came back and won that game 3-1. I thought that was massive. And then obviously you roll into, you roll into January when we played uh, Celtic at Ibrooks and again, no shots in goal, but won the game, which was huge. And I always said throughout December, and that says come back to me in January because we had three, four dodgy games now, including the Celtic game because that was the second. And yeah, end of January was when I thought, yeah, that, yeah, that's it's our it's our title now. You were fucking murdered to do fucking podcast with back there to be honest, because you would no no come back to me at the end of January, no <laughs> end of January. Fucking shake myself every game. Can relax. It's actually not bad. I know it's quite good, Scotia. When did you realise that? It was coming home. Can you be glib and say after the Aberdeen game, <laughs> first game of the season? <laughs> That's completely not true, by the way, no. <laughs> it's, it would have been the end of January, and it's because we've been there with like, previous seasons. We get to December, seem to do really well, go on this wee jolly to Dubai, and I mean, we hate the bat. Well, I hate the buy, and the buy hates Rangers. <laughs> and we turn, we come back, and we're fucking woeful. <laughs> we're like forty pieces, and because like, the mind's been. I think Davis came in that two seasons previous. He'd come in the sort of winter transfer window, and I'm like, oh, Davis, you're fucking crap. What are you doing? <laughs> they just needed time to get up to speed. And this season, after the end of January, like, no, Rangers were really good. Really, really good. That, but we didn't have a shot at goal against Celtic. Hal McGregor helped us out. I helped him myself to some of his whiskey last night. Oh, it was fine. Brand new. <laughs> um, if I'm being completely honest, it, it was the old fun game. Um, we had zero shots on target and we've managed to go out there well win so I think that's the first time I'd said to you even Ali that we're going to do this I was like this is fucking happening now I was like there's no way that there's nothing they can do and obviously I hate giving them any sort of plaudits for the um, spectacular meltdown that they had but I just had this feeling I thought something's different here we were not great in, in, in the, the the old fun game at all but again another remarkable save by Alan McGregor and no shots on target and we get help from um, another McGregor for it and we win it's just it's tremendous it really is and at, at that point I generally thought if I'm being honest with myself I think that's the first time I said oh fuck we're going to do this like we are going to do this so yeah I would say around then but anyway cheers John um, thanks for, for getting involved mate really do appreciate it move on to our next one so it's for Andrew McCall um, he says after Dave King said we should look to cash in on assets who would you sell this summer and why um, I'll start with this one so before I before I say who I generally don't want many if any of this team to kind of move on there's a few that I could see why he would move on because they're probably not there, Greg Stewart for example maybe Defoe due to his age, I don't think Defoe's going to stay anyway but players like that but in terms of the, the business model that Rangers are running on and what we have to do is turn over players in order to make the business model work then there's two really candidates and I'm, I'm presuming we're probably going to be pretty much the same but I mean 
Glenn Kamara, um, we, we signed that man for 50, 50 grand. 50 grand we signed him for. And we are selling him for way more than 100 times he's, what we paid. So in a business sense, it would be somebody like Kamara. And obviously Alfredo. Um, Alfredo we signed for a million pounds. Again, he's worth at least, what, 10 times that? At least. So, yeah, they're the kind of two names that kind of stand out to you to think if the business model that Rangers are working on, um, this is probably the two. Not that I want either of them to leave because I'm quite fond of both of them. But, Ali, what's, what's your thoughts? Who would you, if you had to, similar to yourself in an ideal world I would love to keep this team together but that's not how football works especially when you play in Scottish football you need to generate cash and we need to generate cash because like I've said the last player we sold of decent money and I think it was only three million pounds was Josh Windass that's it you look you look another side of the city they've been punting their players for ridiculous amounts of money. I mean, they talk their players up something stupid and down south they fall for it and pay stupid money for them. So, yeah, but now we've got a lot of assets in that team. The three I would look at, the same as yourself, is Kamara, Morelos and also Barisic as well. I think that's the three. I think it'll be Kamara. I think... I th- I think he is in a position in the team where we could bring somebody in there to replace him. Um... Barisic would be a harder one. Big Shirley's there, which he looked he's looked decent. Obviously he made an ass for him this year when he was part of COVID five, so he's been given a, another chance to come back in. So yeah, I would say that I would say with Alfie, I've got a wee feeling he might stay and have a wee crack at Champions League because if Rangers get into the group stages he's does he does really well, we can sell him for more money. And one other thing on if we do make group stages of Champions League, you're into that thirty million pound money, whatever it is. So we may not have to sell another player, but if we don't get into Champions League, you might you might see maybe two or three players going rather than maybe one. Yeah, that's a good point to make. To be honest, mate, I think the the Champions League next year, the the money of us getting through the qualifying stages is very very important, and what and the way Rangers are going to obviously shape up their business in terms of players going out. Scotia. Um, I quickly see when you talk about Winterstair, Ali. How much did Wycorn go for? Was that like one and no. a half? No, it wasn't. It wasn't so. as much as Windass, I don't think. Yeah, no. ridiculously low amount of money though, and he went on seven or eight million pounds afterwards. Was it not nine million or something? I think yeah, that he went to Derby. Yeah. 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 Nine million. He's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I liked Waggy, by the way. I thought I, I generally yeah. did like Waggy. Yeah, no, I did. Yep. Um. Transfers, I think the transfers out are going to be predicated an awful lot on the European Championships coming up in the, the summer. There's quite a few players that are going to be in attendance at that. Um, mainly, I think you would look at Barisic and Kamara. And I think if the one that's probably going to go, I would say Kamara, because... He seems to do really well with Finland. He's kind of from he's from sort of Arsenal's training centre, so he's got like this big background along, and you can see what a good football footballer he is. Neil McCann seen what a good footballer he can was. I, sorry, sorry, Dundee. Sorry, Scotia there. 
can I just throw something in while we're talking about Glenn Kamara? What would you seriously value him at in the summer? Like, Joel, just hypothetically, has a good he has a good Euros. What would you say? How 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 good are Euros are you talking about? Like like I mean I mean Finland it's Finland they plays for isn't it? I mean I, I doubt I doubt they're going to get Say they get the knockout stages or something and get put out. I can wait two seconds. I look and see. Keep speaking. Okay, I'll see who look, Finland are playing. Look, I'll, 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 if they have a good group and he shines and he gets them out of the the the, the group stage, then mate, I don't know. It's hard because if you played in England, you're talking what thirty million, thirty five million, something like what? that. Like like something ridiculous it would be. In terms of Scotland, what did what did Tierney go for? Twenty million or something? Twenty five, I think. So, honestly, and without <laughs> putting my neck out there, eighteen plus. Yeah, I, I had a figure of fifteen to twenty in my head. That was the figure yeah. I had. Yeah, um, I've found it. They've got Denmark, they've got Russia, and they've got Belgium. So they're all getting out of the group. I don't oh, think. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, just predicting that right there. Um, Even at that though, you're probably still talking what, what, fifteen mil, maybe. Uh, I would say well, it depends. It depends what league he goes to. I think you could. I think Kamara is one of these type of players that could play really, really well in the Serie A, somewhere like that. And obviously that's going to attract not less money but if you'd went to somewhere down in England they're like oh putting more pounds things on that whereas to, to somewhere in Serie A you're talking about aye, 15 to 18 million pounds I think whereas if it's somewhere down in England you could then maybe push the 20 20 plus bracket but I, think, I could I, I could see him in a and an Arsenal or a Leicester type team. That's where I could see him in. Actually, mate, yeah, I was thinking Leicester. Leicester, like, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would push it to even go as far as say like a Tottenham as well. Um, he could do a job for Tottenham the way Tottenham play football. But I mean, it's a tough one to put a price on. To be honest, one, I, I I, I, sorry, I was just thinking there. There's one guy we've completely missed out of this that we didn't even discuss. Do a rebel. The reason is, I think because he's been injured. I don't think he'll go. Just before, before oh, I say, I, just, I don't think he'll go. No. I think it's see because he got injured. Yeah, because you mind when we played in France in the preseason stuff. Joe Rebo was bloody unbelievable. He was like, wait a minute, what have we got? And then he kind of got a wee knock, and then he's had another sort of injury. So he's maybe not done what you expected him to do when you first seen him in that those games in France. But yeah, I know Aribo will be here. He won't. He won't go. I think there was only three, and I agree with Ali actually around um, Morelos. I think Morelos will stay. I hope so. I, I would love. I would love Morelos to stay. The only reason I think Morelos stays beneficial for everyone is yeah, he gets to bash at the Champions League also. But if we manage to get through and get into the group stages, Morelos' value is going to skyrocket, especially if he plays a key part in that. He's, he's, his value will go right through the roof. And we we had conversations before um, about, oh, we waited too long to sell him on whatever else. And Morelos, is, he's peaks and troughs just now as well. He's still a young guy as well. He's still a relatively young player. Um, he's probably not hit his peak yet. And yeah, I think I would love to see Morelos hang about and see us 
So many the balloon shops in Scotland. They would love it. This is Mrs. I know. I, I know. We've kind of dragged this wee one a, a wee bit, but it's a good subject to be honest. What about Ryan Kent? Leeds had a go at him last summer on the ten million. He, for me at the moment, is outstanding, and he must be attracting down in England. Surely somebody like a Leeds might come back for him. I don't think he'd go. I, I, I generally don't think he'd go. I think I think with Gerard being there, I think with Gerard being there, um, and the chance of obviously playing in the Champions League, I think it would need to be a ridiculous offer. The club might accept an offer, but it doesn't mean to say that Kent's going to um, agree terms with him. He he could potentially knock it back. He's within his right to. So um, I just don't see him leaving. I think he gets this, and he's loving being part of this, and he knows what it could go on to be. So no, I don't see him. Do you think yeah. he'll go, Scott? No, I don't think so because I think it took it took him quite a while to kind of get settled. I mean, he is still young, but he was getting shipped out from Liverpool all the time, going, "Yo, you're going long." Loan here, loan here, loan here. Came to Rangers and he kind of fell in love with it. We fell in love with him. We fell in love with his brother. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> that, that Twitter that night was unbelievable. Yeah, yourself with the Japanese sex dolls and whatnot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think he'll leave. No, I, I know what I was saying, but no, I, I think he's settled here and he. I think he'll be here for another two or three seasons. I think he will as well. I, I'm, I'm just saying, the more he plays like he is at the moment, Ryan Kent, there's going to be folk looking at him. I just, I just think Ryan Kent, like you says, Carney, he's bought into Rangers. He knows what it's all about. I mean, you said it as well, Scotia. He's settled at Rangers. This is the first club he's really settled at, and he's still young. Ryan Kent will get a big money move somewhere, but yeah. stay with Rangers for another couple of years and experience it all. Yeah, how, long Bielsa, so. how long is Bielsa going to be at Leeds? Oh, Christ, how long is that piece of string? You never know. He doesn't stay Leeds long at Scobbs. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no, I've done this. But so. I, that's a good one. It's a good one. That's a good question. That's probably a podcast again in itself. Um, so we'll move on. Um, Andy's asked a, a few more questions. So just one word from you, gentlemen. Um, who's your signing of the season, Ali? Balogun. For value for money as well, and what he's gave to the team this season, I, I think he's. I mean, look at the other side of the city: two million forty grand a week, and Shane Duffy, Duffy, whatever you want to call him. So, I they would they would love a Balogun in their team at the moment. So, nah, Balogun all day long for me. That is the longest. Is that the longest one let one Sorry. Uh, one word in the English dictionary? It's got to be. That has to be. Well done, Ali. I'm glad you brought that into the pod. That will make us sound intelligent. Scotia, sign of the season. Bargain. Can I do a piercing? I'm going to do a piercing. No, in fact, no, I won't. I'll let you go because I know you're going to say someone who. Yeah. Say it. Haji for me. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say him, but like, I don't even count. He is, he was a signing. But because he came in and loan, you know that way you kind of yeah no I know well, a, a permanent a permanent signing for me. Um, the impact Hadji's had has been brilliant. I think he's a genuinely genuinely a special player. I really do. I think he's got he's got the world at his feet. Uh, he's another one. Eventually he'll get his move. He'll get somewhere ridiculous. 
Um, he's a he's a top lad. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, he also asked about uh, James Bisgrove and uh, Ross Wilson and the impact that they've had. So James Bisgrove for me, um, he's really done incredible work. Um, the sponsors we've got, there's an extensive list of them. I mean, it's like every week there's another sponsor for Rangers for something else. And I was a wee bit scared that we're going to end up looking like a Napoli top, you know, when there's like sponsors everywhere <laughs> and it just looks like a billboard. Um, but in terms of who we're sponsored by, it all makes real sense and it's all helping with the, the growth of commercially grown Rangers. And as you mentioned earlier, Ali, about Edmonton House, I'm really excited to see what he brings to us and what it's going to look like. And I, I like that he's going to be fully involved in it. It's going to be quite a sight to behold, I think, when it's done from the initial plans and discussions that I've seen around Edmonton House. So I'm generally excited about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been... He's been brilliant. He really has been brilliant. In terms of Ross Wilson, um, again, I don't think you can really underestimate his impact. Um, I thought Mark Allen, I'm saying Mark Allen because I said Scott Allen the last time I spoke about him, um, but I think Ross Wilson has been even better than Mark Allen because Rangers recruitment has worked and we've identified the players that we need in order to sustain a title challenge and we've not only sustained a title challenge but fucking unbeaten in the league and you can't really underestimate the, the the relationship between Gerard, the coaching team and Ross Wilson that they're all fully on the same page and they fully understand this is a player we need, this is the kind of player that we're looking for, go find him and he's doing that. I know Gerard obviously has his preferences for players and he'll, he'll have seen players himself and he'll go I want him, I want him or whatever but in terms of what else Ross Wilson is doing, long may it continue. That's really all I've got, I've got to say about that. Scotia, do you want to go? Yeah, and on Ross Wilson, it's someone you want there. And when Gerard does go, and he will go, and when he leaves, you want Ross Wilson or someone that Ross Wilson brings in to sort of succeed him as well, to be there so that the philosophy of the football club is there. So we're not changing how we're going to play. So the structurally and how we're going to sign signings we're looking for the same people that's what you want because otherwise i mean we've experienced it so recently with just oh this is rotten bring someone else in and it's a scattergun approach to kind of oh we'll pick, pick you pick you pick you and then there's players there are going like i don't know what's going on players fall out of love with the club and stuff like that so yeah ross wilson's been absolutely brilliant i mean he was very thought very highly of down in Southampton, was it? It was that. Yeah, yeah, Southampton, um, yeah. So I, I think they really liked him, and was it Falkirk before as well? Yeah, was it Falkirk? Yeah. So I mean, I think he's he's got he's thought very highly of throughout the football world, and yeah, he's been brilliant for us. And this limited amount of time that he's been here, can't really think of any bad signing. I mean, Zungu, but I don't think Zungu's been a bad signing. It's just maybe not worked out. Um, the commercial bit with Bisgrove and stuff, yeah, brilliant. I mean, this season I've probably spent about, what, 300, 400 quid on Rangers stuff out with, like, my season ticket and all that. And it's just like, aye, give it to me. The only thing I'm, I've not seen and I want to see is a wee duck with 55 on it so that I can just play in the bath <laughs> with that wee duck. That's all I want. <laughs> I'm sure, Scotia, I'm sure it'll be there, the amount of emails I'm getting about 55 stuff at the moment. I'm sure it'll yeah. be on the list. That's true. But uh, they, they, they did bring the ducks back 
to start with. I, I don't know, just Rangers ducks. Everyone wants a wee Rangers duck. <laughs> but one with 55 would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right, mate. And in terms of, as you say, you were talking about Ross Wilson and his, the signings as well. Zungu is the only one that would probably raise a question mark. And in terms, again, about Jace Bisgrove, the, the work that he's done on RTV and the, the Rangers the Rangers website and stuff, it's all, it's all making definitely steps in the right direction. Um, Ali? Yeah, I think Bisgrove's done a fantastic job. He's all, I mean, he's bringing money into our club, which we haven't done previously. And I mean, I, I think he's got well, not the easiest job in the world, but he's he's marketing Glasgow Rangers with Stephen Gerrard at the helm. I mean, what a company to go into these other companies and go, this is this is who we are, this is what we're about. Companies will be falling over themselves to do with Rangers, and that, that's what you're looking at at the moment. I mean, Cadbury's was the, the latest one, I think. Obviously, the Scotia mentioned there was a queue in the. The store for folk getting on to buy this cabbage chocolate with 55 on it, which doesn't surprise me. Nothing shocks me with Rangers fans, we'll buy anything. So, yeah, he's he's been fantastic. And in terms of Ross Wilson, Rangers actually, before they got Mark Allen, Ross Wilson was the preferred choice before they got Mark Allen. And I think he went to Southampton at that point, or he was out at Southampton at that point and didn't come. And that's why we went to Mark Allen. So he was always the first choice. And he's come in, again, as Scotia sort of pointed out, signings this season have been really good. Zungu is the only one you can have a, not a grumble at, but again, he's a punt. You can send him back to France. And I think, is work in progress. I think he'll come good. Roof, I think we got in a cut price deal because of his injuries before. So hopefully with a pre-season, he'll, he'll come good next season. So, no, it's all still, good. And- still good. Still good. Still good, but just to get Roof in, though, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, because he always wanted Roof. He'd been banded about before he went to Anderlecht to come yeah. to Rangers. And, I mean, you look you look at the other side of the city this, this year, and they, they've they spent a lot of money this year, Celtic. Don't, don't let them tell you they haven't. They have. They spent £5 million in Barney the Dinosaur in goal. They spent five million in a Yeti up front who sits on their bench. They spent two million in Shane Duffy and forty grand in wages for him to throw games for them. So they've spent a lot of money. And David Turnbull, who apparently is the best midfielder in Scotland, uh, three million. So they've they've spent a lot of money, Celtic. So and look at us, we've spent a fraction of what they've spent. And yeah, yeah they'd, they'd snap your hand off for what we've got. Yeah, the roof as well as roof's English, and he's still relatively. Huge. Relatively young. So, well, no, he's not. He's got no, 29 now, isn't he? Yeah, but that's, that's relatively young. That's true, but again, he's in, he's at the, the injury proneness of him is only going to get worse with age, you would think. So, I it's think not that's Rangers not to sign an injury prone player, is it? But again, you've got to take these risks sometimes, I think. that You've got to weigh up the pros and the cons of it. And when Roof is fit, I mean, I genuinely believe he's probably the best the best player in Scotland. I genuinely believe that. His ability is ridiculous. I mean, it really is. But, but that wee period that we had where he was fully fit just before Christmas, uh, I think Christmas, it was. Yeah. He was yeah. brilliant. Like, I mean, really, like, and you're like, my God. I mean, I think we spoke on podcasts as well. Like, what a player this guy is. And then we niggling into the crops back up again. And him and, him and Ryan Jack, the injury proness, gave me the absolute fear. They really do because... Ryan Jacks, I'm a fan, massive fanboy of him, you all know that, and they're the only two where I'm like, oh, if they get injured, it could be for a long time. Every time you see them kind of limping or holding something, you're thinking, oh, God, don't be long, but 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we can't really under underplay the, the impact Ross Wilson's had. So, um, cheers, uh, Andrew. Cheers for getting involved, mate. Um, we'll move on to our next one, and it's for Marth Vader. Um, who is your favourite Rangers player ever? Not the best you've ever seen, but your favourite and why. So, Ali, do you want to go first? Mine's from Dynamo Era. Ex-Rangers manager, all-time goalscorer at Rangers, it's Ali McCoist. I grew up watching Ali McCoist barring the umpteen goals. I had his name in the back of my top. In fact, my wee niece wore my Ali McCoist top to our first Rangers game last not last season, the season before, so not been a year. So, um, yeah, she wore it to one of the, the friendly games, which was quite good to see. But, no, Ali McCoist for me, the amount of goals he scored, especially against Celtic, I mean, he he hates the bastards as much as we do, and I love the way he celebrated against them. So, no, Alan McCoist for me. I think the only reason that I am not going to pick Alan McCoist is purely because I'm the youngest of the three of us, gentlemen, and I'm probably just a year off at me picking McCoist. Does that make sense? Because McCoist was right in his pump just as I was becoming into remembering everything and believing in, in building my love for the club and I've mentioned them before as God and it's not the most left field of answers but Brian Loudrop is my favourite player, he'll always be my favourite player, there's nobody nobody ever is going to take the place of Brian Loudrop for me my favourite number is 11 just because Brian Loudrop used to wear it, there's not really any other reason behind that, it's because he, wears, he wore number 11 so it's my favourite number Uh Brian Loudrop was one of a kind to me and I, I think I'll struggle to I know we romanticise a lot about it because Loudrop wasn't brilliant all the time but when he was when he was brilliant he was unplayable I mean he was fucking world class Brian Loudrop and yeah even now I still fancy him every time I see a picture of him and stuff I'm like oh he's so handsome <laughs> uh, I, I, everything about the guy and yeah it's, I say it's not the most exciting of answers but it is, it is Brian Loudrop for me always will be Scotia yeah I mean those two players that you've, you've both just mentioned uh, yeah they, I mean they're up there in my, in my top five top even top four if I'm being completely honest because oh I could watch Liverpool about them for long enough. And um not annoyed that Ali's went with McCoist because I think if I'm being honest, McCoist would probably be mine as well. But that's not to say that the player that I'm giving to you is now is no less of a player. Doesn't mean as much to me. Say it, it's going to be a defender. It. It's going to be a defender, isn't it? It's going to be a defender. But brought it. It's Richard Goff. It's Richard Goff. Um I don't know. I, Richard Goff is unbelievable as a defender. I mean, he played with Dundee United and he was a right back with Dundee United for a while. I think what, he played with Walter Smith. I'm sure Walter Smith was kind of still playing at that point when he when he joined. Um, he went down to Spurs, became captain of the Spurs team after about a, a year, and then at this point he's captain of Scotland. He comes up to us and obviously him and Butcher and then he gets the captain's armband after Butcher leaves under kind of iffy circumstances or we wee bit of falling out, I think, between Suits and Butcher, let's be, be honest. Um, and then he captains us to nine in a row and he epitomises 
everything that I think a Rangers captain should be. When someone says Rangers captain, Richard Goff's in my mind. You know, older people have like John Gregg, and like John Gregg's up there with like biggest statesman that I know of. I've got a wee picture of me on the marble staircase with John Gregg when I was about ten year old. <laughs> like, <laughs> look at me, <laughs> but like I never got to see John Gregg play. <laughs> and it was Richard Goff was just, I mean, he scored a goal against England in 1985, three years before I was born. Two, no, a year before I was born. Sorry, but. He was just that type of player. He fell out with Scotland, fell out with Roxburgh, fell out with Brown. He could have been one of Scotland's most capped players, I think, if it wasn't for that wee falling out. You're probably spot on with me, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, mate, I love him as well. I, when, when, when I think of a Rangers captain, mate. It's Richard Goff. He's the first one that everybody goes to. Ali's probably exactly the same. As I said, we've said numerous times now, we're all similar age. Um, he was the captain. He, he really, really was. He was a, a leader. And the, the picture of him lifting the, the trophy at Tannadice will live in me forever. I, I don't think I'll ever forget him standing in his suit. What are you going to say, Scott? Yeah, I nearly completely forgot the wee story that I was going to say about Walter Smith. The, the, the night that me and um, Pearson were lucky enough to sort of meet and sort of have a few drinks with Walter uh, up at Ellenborough Golf Club <laughs> I turned around to him and asked a wee bit pish let's be honest <laughs> who's the better player Richard Richard Goff or Davy <laughs> Weir <laughs> and he basically Walter Smith looked at me and went fuck off <laughs> yeah and that was me tell yeah you drunk Scotia I don't believe that for a fact I man. know that's, 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 that's a shocker that's, that's, that's a shocker that's a shocker but yeah, I mean, I can I totally get on board with both of your answers, to be honest, as you probably do with me. Um, they are three absolute legends of our football club, there's no doubt about it. So thank you. Cheers for the question. Um, thanks so much for getting involved. Uh, we'll move on to Eddie Riley now. Um, are we going to increase the capacity at Ibrooks? Now, there's been speculation about this um, this season as well, obviously, with the new commercial direction that Rangers are taking. If you want to take away the screens in the corner and extend Ibrooks, I am all for it. And that's pretty much all <laughs> I have to say about it. The screens are wasted. There's no real need for them, to be honest. If there's a way to get more fans into that stadium, then here, here to that. I, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Ali? Yeah, I think if Rangers could increase the capacity, they would look at doing. Obviously, they have been looking in terms of under the pitch. Can they lower it anymore? I'd don't know if they can, what's under it. They've lowered it before, put seats below. But yeah, in terms of those jumbo screens, the jumbo screens were brought in originally because Rangers had an idea of they could show away games at Ibrooks and they could get all the fans in, would sit and would watch away games, and it just never happened. It just it, it, wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. So I remember, I actually remember just on that, I remember doing it once. Rangers played the Easter Road um, one time, and I think it was like an evening kickoff. I don't even think it was like three o'clock. I think it was like half five or something. And the screen was just a sun because the sun was coming over the top of the stand and it was just, and you couldn't see the game. <laughs> I remember, I think me, I'm pretty sure my dad took me and we sat in the main stand. I'm sure we did. And we watched it and you just couldn't see in. It was just the most pointless thing in the world. It was a David Murray thing, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, maybe sounded a good idea at the time, but... It was never going to work, and it didn't work. So is that not yeah. going to sum up David Murray's tenure at Ibrooks? But really, <laughs> sounds possibly. like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, but 
No, I mean, if if you could fill those corners in, um, yeah, I'd I'd be all for it. Obviously, the main stand, the way it is, it's listed, and obviously the club deck's been built on top of it. I don't know if there's much they can actually do with that, but you've got Sandy Jardin stands. I don't know if they could build that slightly higher or whatever. I know they put bar 72s on it, which was a newish thing in the last few years. So, yeah, they would need to see if they could structurally do these things, but I'm sure they're looking at it, Rangers, because as everyone knows, there's a waiting list to get on these season tickets of something like 15,000 fans. So the fans, the demand's there for it. So, yeah, I could see it happening, but again, it's down to structural stuff. Scosh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, what, what are the point of the screens, to be honest? What are, what are they there for? Maybe young young children like them, potentially, when they're there. I don't know. Sit and watch that. I'm eating my pie or I'm having a bottle. Speaking of my pal, kind of thing. Whereas, I take them away. You could fill in them corners. What, you're getting an extra, what, 500 in each corner, maybe 1,000 in each corner there? They can't lower that. They can't lower Ibrooks any anymore. The water table must be like right yeah. up there, so that I don't think you can lower it anymore. What I've seen talk about, and Ali mentioned it there, is could you put like club decks on it, like the Govan, the Cope, and the Brimland? And I've seen like some stuff floating about with that kind of doing that, so you can add an extra what two thousand in each Brimland and Copeland, and then another. 5,000 in, in, in the govern. So that's an option, but that's an awful lot of money. That's yeah, like an awful, uh, an awful. So that means we need probably Champions League group stages for two or three years before that's a viable option because well, I, otherwise I mean, you're I, taking out the squad money. I think, I, think need an, I think an investor would need to come yeah, in on that one, really, and he would get a kickback from it. Yeah, taking the words out of my mouth there, mate. I think we need a sheik or something to come in to be able to do something like that, to be honest. In terms of the screens being there, I mean, you, you see what's done at other stadiums. They could always be almost hung off the kind of broom loan in the Copeland end. If they really still want to have a screen there, they could all, because it doesn't affect your view. If you're right at the back of the broom loan or the Copeland, I've sat there before, it doesn't affect your view if there's something kind of hanging down a wee bit. Um, it only restricts the other end of the ground, really, like the other end, of, I mean, the stand, really. Um not the pitch. I mean, in terms of the main standard, they've probably gone as far as they can with that because you, you, you can't do much more there. But, I mean, I would love to see it happen. Whether it will, I don't know. As you say, I think it's all down to money now. I think it's all down to how much it's going to cost. And to, to extend day three stands, including the corners, blah, man, I, I'm not a construction man, but that's not going to be a cheap job. I'm just going to throw this out there, and I totally disagree with what I'm about to say. But the next thing is, do you look? Do you look to move no. away from Ibrox? No, but you no, can't. No, yeah, no, I know. I disagree. No, I know. But that's that's the no. next thing you look at. Just talking. So sorry. Just just while we're talking about that, there, and we're talking about Bisgrove earlier on, do you think Bisgrove will look to maybe sell the naming rights of Ibrox? No, he can't. The Orange he Walker. Can't. Remind, remind that we tweet that one about the Orange Walker Stadium. <laughs> going to be good. I mean, it'll always be referred to as Ibrooks. I wouldn't like but it, no, done, but you look at these stadiums down south, the Emirates and all that, Etihad. No, and, no. Well, I, I still no. call Spirin Park Love Street, and it's not Love Street because it's a different stadium, but I still call it's it Love Street. It's a completely different area, mate. It's not yeah, on Love Street, yeah. Um, but no, it, it, 
that's one thing I'll not be happy with at all. I, I mean, even if somebody said they'll give you ten million a year, name it some fuck knows what it could be. If you see, because you know what they done with, you see what they done with Highbury. Like now you can have a flat in Highbury. Imagine that the facade of Highbury get turned into like flats. We'll just cut this, cut this conversation dead yeah. right now. Oh, no, no, no. But in terms of the naming rights, hang me. No, I don't want that. No, sorry, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. Um, no, I'm the same. So, same. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Ibrooks. It always will be Ibrooks. You can shove your sports director in right up your father, as far as I'm concerned. No, not interested. Um, but yeah, that's a good convers- that's a good conversation as well. Um, thanks very much, Eddie, for getting involved. That's magic, mate. And our final question of the night <laughs> is from Lee Dixon. Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> Will Scotia ever braid his hair? Um, Scotia, only you can answer that, mate. It's been braided. <laughs> it's been braided. We were out in the pitch one night up at the Sky Bar um, and some lassie. It's like, oh, your hair's really long. Can I braid it? And I was like, batter in. <laughs> I'll, 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 t- I'll tell you what. Unfortunately, didn't manage to go further than that. <laughs> you know, that way you're like, uh, I'm in. Then, no, it didn't happen. But, um, uh, I'll tell you uh, what, Dick. Uh, are you, Ali, are you about to say something? You go, I think I know what you're about to say. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, I mean, for Dixie, unfortunately, he's going to be marrying my family soon. So, and he's as big a Rangers fan as we are. So the wedding will be good. It'll probably be a bit of a sash bash. Um, hopefully Hannah doesn't listen to us. But that's, that's what's going to be happening, sorry. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> What I thought we could do to... To make Dixie happy is probably when the pubs reopen, what we'll do is we'll get a Shane Duffy face mask and we'll get one of the girls behind the bar, maybe Ailey or Bella or something, and they can come out and braid Scotia's hair with the with the Shane Duffy mask on and we'll film it. That'd be brilliant. I was gonna give him more I was gonna give him more leeway in that and say we make, if if we get to uh, Gdansk, then Scotia has to get his full hair braided. <laughs> See, I've had some Need where the wee, those wee glasses lack salvers as well. <laughs> no, because then I'll look like and a Celtic top. I'll look like wee <laughs> Bernie from fucking Rabsy Devs, but won't I? I'm not having that. No. Watch this space. Watch this space, Lee, mate. Watch this space. But Lee, thank you very much for getting involved as well. Uh, gentlemen, that'll do us. We've went, went a good bit of time there. Um, second time lucky and it's actually went better than the oh, first time did which is quite good um, but yeah um, thank you everybody for getting involved we'll definitely do another one of these I really really did enjoy that um, thank you to everybody as you say for sending in the messages so Ali thank you very much for your time mate I'll speak to you again on well I'll probably speak to you in about two minutes mate once I press stop recording but um, we'll be back on Wednesday with our Club Deck Corner yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed that there with um, the folk from the Facebook page getting involved with that. So ho- hopefully we can, we've got a few, few kind of dead weekends coming up soon. So hopefully we can do another one of these and maybe make it a kind of regular show. Yeah, definitely. Scotia, thank you very much, mate. And thank you for not indulging yourself too much in your favourite pastime. <laughs> <laughs> Crack one now, Scotia. <laughs> oh, cheers, guys. Yeah, um, Those dead weekends aren't rubber. Scotland are playing, so I'll be, oh, I'll be involved. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that'll do us. Um, thank you, everybody, for getting involved. Also, thank you, everybody, for listening. As I say, please like um, like our videos on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, 
follow our socials anywhere that you can. It really does uh, make a difference to us. And things are growing really, really well just now. And um, we're humbled by it. We really, really are. And it's it's great to be part of this. It's great to be able to share it all with you. And it was really good to have all you get involved tonight. Um, again, we'll definitely do another one of these because I really, really did enjoy it. So we are Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. We, of course, are the people. We, of course, are the champions. 55 is home. And we'll speak to you all on Wednesday. Thank you very much. Cheers.